You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Wednesday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street, my name is J.J. Jackson, proudly serving as the host of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. On today's program, we've got a lot to get into as National Signing Day is here. We're going to recap all the action for Auburn football. The Tigers also get set for a basketball game later tonight in Seattle. Bruce Pearl and the Tigers go for a win to wrap up their West Coast trip before the holidays. We'll discuss that. We'll take your phone calls. We've got a lot on the docket for today's program, including a conversation with our good buddy uh, Joe Bartle from Rotowire, as we do on Wednesdays to talk about the latest going on in the fantasy football world playoff time for so many people out there. So we'll discuss all of that coming up on today's show. On the program with me today, I've got Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, and Cam Berry. Uh, Ryan and I spent some time earlier today at a press conference with Auburn football head coach Hugh Freeze, where he kind of recapped the commits and signees that Auburn has received so far. Still work to be done, but a very, very, very productive day for the Auburn football program. So we're going to discuss all of that coming up on today's show, here with you until 6 o'clock today. Uh, JJ with Tom, Ryan, and Cam once again here on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Cam Barry, how are you? Doing well. Um, waking up and, well, waking up really, really early and going through the day and uh, seeing all these signings and all these flips from all these players is, uh, I mean, you know, I, I was telling Tom, I, I think we figured that Hugh Freeze was going to do well when it came to recruiting and, and all the coaching side of things. We figured that that was obviously the upside of why he was hired. But I don't – I mean, in two, three weeks, the way that he has catapulted this uh, recruiting class uh, in such a short amount of time is just absolutely insane. Um, and credit that to the entire staff that he's built and him as well. He's been going uh, crazy with transfers and getting these high schoolers in. And he's – I mean, they're calling it flipmas. Uh, they got a whole bunch of a whole bunch of flips, so uh, they're doing really good. But uh, need a need a win tonight for the Auburn men's basketball team in Washington. Got to get you know lost against USC, so got to get this one against Washington, uh, so they can say that they had at least a somewhat successful trip um, out there on the West Coast. Um, but yeah, overall doing doing really well and uh, ready for Christmas. It's almost here, man. Yeah, Sunday here. will be here Ready before we know it, that's for sure. Yeah. Tom, how are you? Uh, doing great. And, yeah, I mean, the recruiting stuff has been just absolutely great for Auburn. And we all sat here a year ago 
watching Auburn not sign anybody. It's insane the difference. Uh, yeah, and it really is. Crazy. I mean, just the the change in the change in the mindset, but just the change in the feelings with the Auburn fan base. Like I said, from a year ago of going to that recruiting class that had nobody, and now you've got a class that. You've you've had a couple of big time flips. You've signed the guys that you wanted. I think out of everything, there may be one guy that was a disappointment that I thought uh, think the Auburn staff really thought was going to come here, and he ended up sticking with a commitment to Alabama. But out of out of all of it, with only one that you could just kind of sit there and go, that was a disappointment. There were a lot of more surprises with the flips. Uh, and and just getting guys, and I don't think they're done. I mean, you got to remember this is early. This is early signing day. There's still another right. signing day to come. There's still transfer portal stuff to come. So I don't think for a second this staff is done at all. But to be able to go from a class that was ranked in the 50s and at the bottom of the SEC to up into the top 15, you're really flirting with being in that kind of top upper echelon of the SEC. Now, Auburn is not going to catch Alabama and Georgia, especially Alabama, because they're putting a historic class together. Right. Georgia's putting another one of their typical classes together. So you're not going to get to that level. But if you can still be up there in that top ranks of the SEC after just being in the 50s two weeks ago or a couple of weeks ago, that's pretty big. So, uh, And then now Cam mentioned about waking up to that. I woke up to some bad news for the Atlanta Braves, and it's not necessarily something that happened with the Braves, but it was the New York Mets signing Carlos Correa in the middle of the night. Holy goodness, the Mets are looking just dangerously good. They were already looking dangerously good with what they have done in the offseason with some of their pickups and and especially at pitcher, and now you add Carlos Correa to it, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they they are – shelling out the money up in new york to to boost their lineup so that was the first thing i woke up to today was like in the middle of the night carlos correa signed with the mets and then i had to shift gears to uh national signing day. after thinking it was going to be the san francisco giants yeah. a deal in place for correa to go there and they've uh, done a lot to bolster their bullpen of course lost jacob de but bring in justin verlander yep. uh for their starting rotation so yeah big updates there ryan's with us as well hello ryan Hello, JJ. Yeah, I uh, I saw that as I went to bed last night, Tom, because that's how late I go to bed. <laughs> um, that Correa was then signing with the Mets, and I, I guess they didn't agree with the medicals in San Francisco with Carlos Correa because he had signed a very similar length right. and, and financial contract to them. And so, uh, you know, this definitely, like you said, uh, their Mets are loading up. I think they've spent $800 million dollars uh, this off season, and I yep. think in the three off seasons that Cohen's been owner, they've guaranteed one point six billion or something like that. I've seen, well, just just uh, gobs of cash, double double in the last three off seasons what any other team has committed, and of course the Yankees have committed a lot of money this off season with Judge and Carlos Rondon. So uh, anyway, yeah, with the recruiting, uh, you know Tony Mitchell is who you're alluding to that uh, Auburn was not able to flip from. Alabama, yeah. he's out of Alabaster and uh, Thompson, yeah, the Thompson uh, High School, or, yeah, but out out of the city of Alabaster, sure, yeah, um, and uh, four star guy that was top fifty, top sixty, depending on the the service you looked at. I think the good news for Auburn there is is that DB is kind of the strongest element of their class. Yes, they've right. got some pretty good numbers on the offensive line. Uh, already got a nice transfer tied in, working on some other things, but. Uh, they already have two four-star safeties of their own, uh, Sylvester Smith and Terrence Love. 
Smith, the number 17 safety in the class, and the 247 composite, and then Terrence Love, the number 24 safety. And then well, they're probably their second biggest flip of the day. The biggest flip was getting Keldrick Falk back, who they had, then lost Florida State, then got back, and he's their right. highest rated recruit, period. But their third highest rated recruit, period, is now Kyan Lee, who out of nowhere flipped from Ohio State. And, and that one was truly more out of nowhere yeah. because if you look at the crystal balls, three out of four had Ohio State. The other one had Georgia. So Auburn wasn't even in the crystal balls there, and he ends up coming to Auburn. So Auburn actually did a really good job with their secondary, even though they did not flip Tony Mitchell. And I think the messaging from Hugh Freeze is spot on. He's clearly proud of the progress they made. They got better. But he also is very aware of the fact that th- this is not the standard. They don't feel like, you know, th- this is what it takes to beat the big dogs. You right. know? And he is all about relationships. And he said it's really hard to build the relationships. You need to do that in two or three weeks. And he's yeah. right. But to get this much progress on a class that could have been the worst class of all time at Auburn. I mean, that for, it was there. for until two weeks ago, it was the worst yeah. class Auburn would have ever had. To parlay that into just a slightly below Auburn standards class, mm-hmm. uh, because it is a top twenty class, number nineteen right now in two four seven composite. I know that a lot of Gus Malzahn classes and a couple Chiswick classes were in the top ten, but nineteen is not so far gone that it's just yeah. like this is the worst thing we've, we've ever seen. So to get it to a pretty competent class after all this uh, in just a few weeks get, has got to make you really optimistic that going for Auburn's not going to only get back into the top 10 in future years, but they might be able to pounce into the top five yeah. at some point. And I think, just real quick, J.J., I think the the only thing I think that makes the kid from Thompson a disappointment is from what I have read is that it sounded like up until maybe even yesterday. Last night. He was telling a lot of the beat writer, a lot of the recruiting writers that he was coming to Auburn, and I think they even had their stories written with quotes and everything. They had their stories in the queue ready to go. And then something happened last night where he decided not to. But up until like last night, he was informing the coaching staff and all these writers that he was flipping to Auburn and then all of a sudden didn't. Change so, plans, yeah. yeah. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. To the phone lines we go for the first time today. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony has called into sports call today. Hello, Anthony. Hello, guys. How you guys doing today? Well, how are right, you, sir? I tell you, this is a great day. You know, Alabama then jumped out there and signed twenty-five players. Uh, six of them, if I'm not mistaken, uh, excuse me, six of them, if I'm not mistaken, are five stars. You guys, correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, two of those guys are big old nasty defensive tackles out of Carver Montgomery, uh, ranked number one and number two respectively. Uh, top prospects in the, uh, if not mistaken, in the state of Alabama. And I don't know what they were in the nation, but but uh, to uh, get a class like that early signing date now he can focus on the, the 2024 class now you know what i'm saying get yeah. jump started sure yeah i mean alabama has put together a, a maybe potentially nick saban has had some incredible recruiting classes in his time at alabama and this one may be one of if not his best uh he he has they've yeah i mean they've they've torn it up on on there and the two kids from carver one's a defensive lineman one's a linebacker Auburn fought their tails off to try to get them at least to start paying attention to them. Thought they were going to get some visits here that never really happened. 
Um, some so, visits, nothing official, but right. uh, couldn't. Uh, yeah, get they just couldn't. Yeah, Auburn punch tried, it across right. the finish line. Auburn tried to. Auburn tried everything they could to get them, and and you know it just didn't happen. I mean, they've been they've been sold on Bama for quite a while. So, uh, yeah, Nick Saban's put together an incredible class across the state, but. Over here in Auburn, Hugh Freeze has put together a pretty darn incredible class considering he has had very little time to get much going with it. Well, you know, he's put together a good class for Auburn standards and these people to be happy with. But well, I mean, he's had, two, he's, had, he's had two weeks, man. Yeah. He's had two here. weeks to do That's what he's money. done. That's money. That's not no coaching. It ain't no building a relationship. That's just money that was spent. Money in a duffel bag or however they come up with it, uh, uh, you know, sign an NIL deal or whatever. Money influenced those things. It ain't because they're going to win in no games, no championships. Uh, some player coming over here thinking he's going to be a, a Buckus Award winner or some kind of national oh. award winner or, or legend. They ain't got to do with none well, of that. We, we that. don't know it, but, buddy, yeah. I can tell you this. Other schools are offering money, too. Auburn ain't the only one offering money. So well, you can sit that. there and say that they're coming to Auburn because of money. Well, I they were turning down money from other places then to come well, to Auburn. I, so I, there's I some relationships that. being made there. It's well, not like okay. Auburn's the only one using the NIL right now. Well, it's the highest bidder, but I will tell you this now. Uh, it's the highest bidder. We'll look and see what happens next year after the season, where those guys transfer out and go on to the next highest bidder. Uh, you know, but when you look at guys that are the big studs of the class and or whatnot, if they go to a school like Auburn and could have went somewhere else that's going to be in line to go to the playoffs or be in line to help them be a first-round pick and not go there, then you wonder why would anybody do anything like that? Now everybody's hollering with, "I want to go somewhere three years and go to the NFL and make all this money." Then why would you jeopardize that going somewhere lesser when you can go to somewhere that's already set up and in line? But look here, I one other thing I want to touch on, gentlemen. Go ahead. I don't get y'all upset when y'all start hollering and crying and carrying on. <laughs> but uh, you know, I saw a d- director, the former director, Alan Green, old Miss, grabbed him up and brought him on down there as a senior uh, deputy uh, DA down there. And they he went back. Chief, chief operating officer uh, uh, title, and, and they said they was tickled to death to get him back. They said they can't wait to get him in there and let him go to work. Uh, they given him his title, responsibilities, and things they look for him to do. And they say, hey, he has excelled in the past, and he'll do it again down there. And then Chancellor so-and-so say he just can't wait to get to working with him and get out in the community and do this and that. Do this and that, and they looking for big things out of him. Yeah. And you know he ain't gonna have to worry about nobody in another office somewhere watching him, trying to see what he's doing, overseeing everything like right. he was here. And I'm just uh, I, I appreciated Alan Green yeah. and his service to Auburn University, and I, I think their current athletic director at Ole Miss, Keith Carter. I think he brought yeah. a, a, he made a great decision. If you want he a did. number two, I don't know that you're gonna find a better number two in college athletics than someone like Alan Green. So I think that's a home run hire. And uh, hopefully things will go well for him and. Uh, you know, maybe a year or two down the road, uh, somebody start calling him. He can be that head man again. Call maybe him so. You know, I think he could have, would have done well here, but he didn't have it. He clearly didn't have the support. And when you don't have the support, it's hard to do Makes anything. Makes things a little tough. Yeah. Yeah, but we're gonna see what happens from time to time, guys. Uh, you know, uh, now that Saban signed at twenty-five, what? Well, didn't how many players he got? Didn't he have a whole bunch of people transferred out that might open up a few more? I know you can sign twenty-five. You can't have more than eighty-five, but. I think he's lost uh, uh, quite a bit, and he can uh, add a few more in February. Is, is that correct? Potentially so. Yeah, I'm going to have to see how the scholarship math plays out because I know that they could have uh, some scholarships open up following uh, bowl season for Alabama. Right. We'll see if anybody else decides to enter the transfer portal and that sort of thing. So, yeah, the number is still 85, but I haven't done scholarship math on Alabama. I apologize. Yeah, let me ask you guys something now. Oh, let's see here. I'm trying to think here, get something together here. 
dog, I forgot what it was. If I if I think of it, I'll call you guys back. Oh, I, I don't know what it is. Now, out of the uh, usually every class uh, nationwide, nationwide is usually about what twenty or twenty five five stars for the whole nation to go after. Right. Something like, and he's got six of them. Good run. Now everybody else, uh, other hundred and forty or fifty teams of Division One, got to try to get the rest of them, right? That's what it comes down to. Yeah, he he uh, he made it difficult for a lot of people. Oh man, I tell you, that's just awesome to be able to sign six out of twenty-five. I mean, good God, maybe one year he'll get fifteen of them, but we're gonna find it out. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call today, Anthony. Good to hear All from right. you. That's uh, Anthony from Auburn joining us there on the program. You could join us as well, 334-887-3401. We need to go ahead and take our uh, first commercial break of today's program. We're back with more of Sports Call right after this on WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, welcome back in to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, and Tom Peavy. We hope that you're doing well on this Wednesday. What is a signing day Wednesday for the Auburn Tigers as they put together a pretty good and impressive class in Hugh Freeze's first season uh, setting up to take over as head football coach of the Tigers. We're taking your phone calls. 334-887-3401. Back to the phone lines. James from Montgomery. James has called into Sports Call today. Hello, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle to you, sir. Yeah, I know that we're be I know that Auburn will be getting a lot of uh sign uh signing um players this this year or no, next year in twenty twenty three. My mistake in twenty twenty three. Um but the the players that I'm looking at they're really good and I'm looking to see what they're gonna bring to the table with them when they're actually gonna be playing in the fall of twenty twenty three. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're hoping for. A lot of these players uh, might not necessarily make the impact right away as true freshmen with the 2023 football season, but it's good to get them in the program. It's good to get them into a college weightlifting program and that sort of thing to really put on the strength and muscle that's needed to compete in the SEC. It's a really, really impressive first step for Hugh Freeze and his staff. Yeah, because with Hugh Freeze and his new staff that he put together, I think this is going to be a really good Auburn football team that I'm going to be looking at and seeing what these guys are actually going to be um, bringing when they actually go into the weight rooms and actually uh, lift weights and, and work hard and train hard as well if you're going to come to Auburn. And that's what we're really looking for for the next Auburn Tiger um, players as well. Weightlifting is so critical. I know sometimes, I mean, that's a lot of hard work. It's really, really hard to put in the effort and the hard work there in the weight room, but you've got to be able to lift a lot, a lot of heavy weights in order to build up your strength. Yes, as well, because I used to um, 
I used to play a lot of sports in high school, and we used to have a thing in in our high school weight room. We used to have a bell in our weight room, and um, our coach uh, he used to have like um, like like you know strong messages on the wall, and we have to read them out loud to everybody in the weight rooms or in the classrooms. And we just have to like if we're in the weight room, we got to put in a lot of a lot of hard work and dedication. And we take that dedication, and we just have to put that dedication into the classroom as well. And, you know, with the bell that came in into focus was if anybody rings it, then they just have to, you know, they'll tell you that you're giving up on life, and you just cannot ring that bell because the 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 bell is life. You can't give up on life. you got to try as hard as you can to get to that next goal yeah. that you have to push out of the way. That's so interesting. I know a lot of strength coaches like to have a bell in the weight room, but James, a lot of times when you ring the bell, it's celebration. It means like, I just got a PR. I just got a personal record. I had never been able to bench 350 before, and I'm going to ring the bell to celebrate that. But you're saying it was a little bit different in your weight room. Yes. Actually, it is. And if Auburn doesn't have like a strength uh, training coach, I can actually, you know, get those guys, you know, strength and uh, tell them, you know, like work hard. Dig you can be the and, strength coach. Yes, and I'm and I'm actually looking at myself in the near future for that as well. Wow. So I think that I think that would be a really good thing if that uh, position actually comes available for me as well because I do have. A lot of uh, potential and I can get those guys you know I, I can actually like you know work hard with them as well and just you know trying to like you know push them you know to their limits as well potential is everything it, it is absolutely everything that's awesome what else is on your mind well in the NFL news we have lost another great legend in Frank O'Hara, he has passed away. He was one of the great, great uh, Hall of Fame players for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's played with so many great Pittsburgh Steelers uh, legendary players with that team, from Terry Bradshaw to Vince Swan and many, many other guys that uh, Frank O'Hara has actually played alongside the Steel Curtain as well. He will truly be missed by a lot of uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans that loved him dearly as well. Yes, I couldn't I couldn't say it better myself, James. I think that uh, obviously that the Steelers nation lost a uh, quite significant football player for and, them. For and they sure. were ju- and they were just getting ready to have a ceremony for uh for Franco Harris this upcoming weekend to uh, retire his number uh and he he passed away right before they were able to to do this uh ceremony with him. So it's very sad. Yes, it's it's uh very sad as well and uh, for me as being a, a great um NFL fan that's been watching the NFL games for so many, many years and seeing some of those great players and, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame uh, players that has uh, done so many great uh, Hall of Fame uh, speeches. And this one with Frank O'Hara's uh, speech that, you know, originated in my in my mind of hearing him actually, you know, you know, hearing uh, some of these great Hall of Famers that are in in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and getting to hear what they went through and um, putting my life in their shoes as well. It's important to do things like that, that's for sure. Tell me something else on your mind, James. 
Well, I know that Auburn will be playing against Washington today, so I'm just hoping to see if Auburn would uh, take the trip up to Washington and uh, seeing if they're going to, you know, ring the victory bell up there in Washington as well. Washington is a a formidable opponent for the Tigers a little bit later this evening. They're going to have to shoot the basketball well, and they've got to take care of it. They had 23 turnovers against USC, which is just unacceptable. You cannot turn the basketball over. Got to hold on to it. Yeah, they really have to hold on to it and um, hold on it, hold on the ball really strong and uh, work together as a team and uh, seeing if we're going to win this one uh, this evening. I'm hoping that we'll win it, and I'm going to be rooting the Tigers on and seeing if we're going to win against Washington as well. Yes, that would be a great decision and a great thing to do because I think they can find a way to win that basketball game. You got any other thoughts? Um, well, actually, I do have another thought as well. Um, with the NFL um, playoff season right around the corner. Coming almost up, here, uh, yeah. Almost here. So I think if the Dallas Cowboys would push uh, the Philadelphia Eagles over over the edge, I think we might have a chance of winning uh, the playoff um the playoff push as well and uh, seeing if we're going to make it to the Super Bowl as well. So I'm just going to keep my hopes alive and uh, seeing what Dak Prescott is actually going to do as well. Yeah, it feels as though the Cowboys, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to get the opportunity to play there in the postseason. I think the question, like you're saying, just becomes how far of a run can they go with it? That's going to be the million-dollar question for Dallas. Yes, as well, because it's going to be a million-dollar jackpot question to see what Jerry Jones is actually going to put with Dak Prescott and Michael Parsons and uh, T.Y. Hilton and uh, Michael uh, Michael Gallup and, uh, you know, uh, Turpin and, and, re- and the rest of the defensive line and the offensive line team as well. And I'm hoping that we'll, we'll – we will get a chance to go to Glendale, Arizona and host the uh, Vince Lombardi Trophy as well. That'd be big time if that were to happen. That would be absolutely big time. Awesome stuff. Final thoughts today, James? Um, I don't have any uh, final thoughts for y'all today as well, but I will call y'all back on tomorrow. Um, and I would like to have some Christmas uh, trivia as well. Christmas trivia. We will dial that up for you. We'll make it happen, okay? All right, sounds good, and War Eagle. War Eagle! That's our good pal James from Montgomery joining us there on the show today. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 888 9 to be here on Sports Call. Let's take a quick commercial break. Our show continues here in just a moment. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU.
All right, welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Barry. We hope that you're doing well on this Wednesday, and we want to hear from you on the phone lines, 334-887-3401. Uh, before we get back to the phone lines, let's celebrate our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports brought to you by our friends over at Max Credit Union. They want to help you with all of your banking needs. Max Credit Union has two locations here in the area to help serve you. One in Auburn on Gay Street, one in Opelika on Frederick Road. Max Credit Union, the proud presenting sponsor of Birthdays in Sports. Turning 33 years old today, Mark Ingram II is a running back for the New Orleans Saints, a four-star recruit out of high school, played at Alabama, where he was a BCS national champion and the school's first Heisman Trophy winner in 2009, declared for the NFL draft in 2010, and taken 28th overall by the Saints uh, that season as well. So 33 years old, he got the run started of Alabama Heisman Trophy winners. He was the first, but certainly uh, not the last, as we've seen. Mark Ingram now 33 years old, and uh, we're seeing it. We always talk about what kind of shelf life are you going to get out of a running back. He's uh, definitely aging at 33 right, now. but he's made it longer than most. And uh, I know he just recently has been injured again. But, I mean, just the fact that he's still, he's still a, a top two back for yep. his team uh, at 33. I mean, he's aged better than a lot of guys. Some guys don't make it to 30. And, and so he – was never, and I think the key to that is he was never, other other than maybe a year or two, like a primary, clearly number one back. He sometimes had the, his moments where he'd get as many carries as anybody on the team. Right. But it never felt like, other than maybe his first year or two in the league, that he was the guy uh, for, you know, by far and away. And I think that's helped the longevity, too. Uh, Hunter Renfro is celebrating his birthday. Talk about a national champion. Renfro is 27 years old and a wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders. He walked on at Clemson in 2013 and was awarded a scholarship after redshirting one season. Over four years at Clemson, he won two national championships and was awarded the Bullsworth Trophy in 2018, given to the best player who began their career as a walk-on. After his senior year, he was taken in the fifth round of the 2019 draft by the Raiders. He made his first Pro Bowl in 2021. Cam, what can you say about Hunter Renfro? He was in college for a really long time. Yes, he was. He's very shifty. Um, he's quite productive yeah, in the league. A, and he's a productive wide receiver. Um, and, I mean, he's good at, He's good at getting open, that's for sure. No so. doubt about that. Shout out to him. Uh, Haha Clinton Dix is turning 30 years old. What a name. Haha Clinton Dix, a safety for the Denver Broncos. He was the number one ranked safety in his high school class and played at Alabama, of course, uh, where he was a two-time national champion and an All-American as a junior in 2013, selected 21st overall by the Packers in 2014. He's made one Pro Bowl. Uh, Haha Clinton Dix is 30 years old. Chris Davis turns 35 today so many players by the name of chris davis let me specify yeah. oh uh, this is also chris with a k oh. and he is a designated hitter in major league baseball currently a free agent he was a standout high school baseball player and signed to play at cal state fullerton 
He played three seasons with the Titans before being drafted in 2009 by the Brewers. He made his Major League debut in 2012. His best season came in 2018 when he led all of Major League Baseball with 48 home runs and won the Edgar Martinez Award as Most Outstanding DH. At 35 years old, we want to wish a happy birthday to Chris Davis. Yeah, Chris, uh, a lot of power. Not always a lot of contact, but uh, a couple fun years, particularly with Oakland. And uh, yeah, he was someone that you could grab in a video game and yeah. for almost nothing, hit a bunch of home runs. And, Still worthy yeah. of being signed, you think? Uh, he's he's really kind of fallen off last year too. Maybe, maybe not. Then. Maybe a flyer. Yeah. But not not as a star everyday player. Uh, Danny Duffy is celebrating his birthday as well at 34 years old, drafted by the Royals in the third round. After a stellar high school career, he made his first start in the majors in 2011. In 2015, he helped the team win a World Series. In 2021, he was traded to the Dodgers. In his career, he's got a 3.95 earned run average. And Danny Duffy has 68 wins and 68 losses. Wow. Danny Duffy turns 34 years old today. World Series champ with the Royals. A uh, couple of good seasons there with the Dodgers as well. But, yeah, all-time record in the majors, 68-68. and 68. Yeah, I mean, I know he was with <laughs> a good Royals team or two, but in general you pitch for the Royals. I remember Grinke uh, had several years where he'd have a three ERA but be like 10-13 and 13 sure. or something for them. So sometimes that's, that's why wins and losses for a starting pitcher get hotly debated on on if that's the true value of a pitcher or if it's more in the earned run av- average or the innings you eat, strikeouts you get. There's other ways other than win-loss uh, for starting pitchers. So birthdays in sports today on December 21st of 2022 presented by Max Credit Union. Happy birthday, Mark Ingram the second, Hunter Infro, HaHa Clinton Dix, Chris Davis, and Danny Duffy. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 to call in and you can be a part of our program. As we go to the phone lines now and joining us on Sports Call, Ward Damn Steve. Retired Ward Damn Steve is there with us today. Hello, Steve. Good afternoon, everybody. And let's get going real quickly. Uh, I, I will tell you this, I am very pleasantly impressed, surprised by the recruits that we got, especially the Yes, sir. Two four-star flips. Uh, And I really am impressed by this quote. It's a slight, maybe uh, not so uh, hidden jab at uh, uh, the former coach for Auburn. And the quote is this. We came into this considerably behind what I think Auburn should be in recruiting. Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. Being 60-something, whatever it was for the Tigers, they had some work to make up. It was 64. And we're... According to 247 Sports, we're ranked number 19 in composite rankings. Who the fuck it, right? Yeah, not not the way it was just a few weeks ago. No, no, and good good players. All right, real quickly, guys, uh, not to beat a dead horse to the ground, because, you know, we get played uh, by Alabama. It's, uh, it's just a given now. You know, T.J. yelled, and you go on down, down the line. But this one struck me as really, a really, I mean, you know, uh, I'm sure Bama may have something to do with it. I know 18 year old kids make choices last minute spontaneously, make mistakes, but this one didn't sit well with me. And it comes about Tony Mitchell, and it came from Jason Caldwell today on 247 Sports. He said, update full disclosure. If you haven't read it, you might want to read it because, you know, even if you make a decision, and I, I wish him the best, uh, 
playing playing time at Alabama. But the way he went about it to me is not how I would raise my son. And I hope the parents, you know, have a talk with him. But apparently, Jason Caldwell was, uh, according to his comments, he said here, says he's known for a long time. Says I've had a good relationship with him for a few years now, and told him if something changed to let me know. Well, on Monday, again, this is Jason Caldwell, he sent me a message that it was Auburn. I called him, got quotes, and had a story prepared about signing with Auburn. I was supposed to meet him at eight thirty this morning to do some photos before the signing ceremony. Couldn't contact him since last night, and now he's back with Alabama. And that's a story, as I said, in Bojangles off I-65 heading towards Montgomery. Tough. So, guys, you know, I don't know who these parents are, these kids, but I have a talk with them say, you know, it's okay to change your mind, but if you had contact with this guy and you've known him for a long time, show some respect and tell him, you change your mind yeah. again. It's got to be a part of it growing did, up, and, it, and unfortunately, you're just you're not going to be in many of these positions anymore. And yeah. and we've all been young and naive before, and and you know the and, respect that's in place. Credit to J.C. Caldwell; he is as good as it gets. So I'm not surprised at yeah. all to hear the story already of him yeah. heading there. Like I'm going to go to you for this big signing day, and he's having to write for in a Bojangles parking lot. I mean, there yeah. are, there are so many reporters that can relate to that and, for sure and, and steve he, he was not the only one I, i've seen several of the other writers have said that they were also told by him that he was coming to auburn within just the last day they also had stories written ready to go uh and i agree you know if he if he switches if he changes his mind that's one thing it happens okay but i agree with what you said take care of your responsibilities don't don't then sit there and ghost these guys that you have made relationships with, be a man, step up and say, hey, listen, guys, things have changed. I've changed my mind. You know, I'm going to stick with what my commitment to Alabama. Be a man about it. Don't ghost these guys. Because I've been in those situ- I've been in that situation back when I worked for Auburn Undercover of making these relationships and then coming to find out that things are not happening and having that player or that kid not tell you something after within, literally within the day he's been telling you one thing. So, you know – yeah, the kids got to grow up and be better about that. I'm not mad that he didn't come to Auburn, but he's got to handle that in a better way. You still with us, Steve? I talked Steve off the radio. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I guess we're going to call back from Steve here a little. Steve, you with us? We have a lost retired war damn Steve there. My voice ran him off. Yeah, but there, there's the reporting from Jason Caldwell. He's in a, a Bojangles parking lot mm-hmm. because he can't get rid or can't get rid can't get a hold of Tony Mitchell today, trying to set up these photos, uh, photos before the ceremony even yeah. takes place, and um, just really tough to be at, you know. And and again, it's it's part of growing up. It's part of learning. It's part of the whole process yeah. and that sort of the, thing. The, so, and I, I don't, I don't want to try to like stay on anything negative with Auburn's recruiting class because everything else is positive. This is the only negative. The only thing I will say is, that unfortunately, it just and maybe we're just as Auburn fans looking at it the wrong way, but it feels like this stuff happens to Auburn uh, with Alabama more than it does the opposite way. Yeah, you know, I, I think about Cyrus Quanjo committing to Auburn on national television, walking off the stage, and then all of a sudden he doesn't sign his letter and then ends up at Alabama. Uh, the other player that uh, – Reuben his, Foster had the well, tattoo. Reuben Foster with the tattoo of Auburn on his arm, you know, was going to become an Auburn, and he didn't. Uh, and then I forget the other guy's name, his little handler, uncle or whatever, Peaches. 
Uh, I think he was committed to Auburn, and then they like went and sequestered him away somewhere by himself so nobody could reach him, and then he ended up going to Alabama. Just always, it just feels like there's always something that happens that goes that way. I don't know that I can think of one that was Alabama all the way up until it was time to make the decision, and then all of a sudden they're like, no, nope, I'm going to go to Auburn. I, I, I mean, I'm sure it maybe has happened, but I can't. Oh, Brent Calloway. Brent Calloway is who I was thinking of that they took, kind of like sequestered him away in a hotel somewhere. But, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I can't think of one that has been Alabama, Alabama all the way up until the very last second, and then all of a sudden, ta-da, it's Auburn. Mitchell would have been the first one first, for, yeah. in a long time yeah. for that, for sure. Let's get back to uh, Steve. I think Steve's here with us. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, guys. You hey. hear me? Absolutely. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk you off the phone. That's okay, man. I don't give up. <laughs> hey, uh, hey uh, Mr. Uh, a rebuttal to Mr. Uh, Anthony there, my friend, uh, talk about being outbid. Apparently we got outbid for uh, Russell and Smith. That's right. Yeah. I, From uh, Carver. Yeah, they go to um, Alabama. He he did listen. He he followed exactly what I predicted. And these guys can tell you, I I literally predicted that right before we went on the air that he was going to boost on on Alabama's and kind of crap on Auburn, and that's exactly what happened. That's kind of what he does. It's fine. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, moving real quickly, guys. This guy um, deserves to be noted. I know you did birthdays, uh, but this is a guy who passed away today. Apparently, uh, who was famously known. For the Immaculate Reception. Yeah, Franco Harris. Franco Harris died apparently at the age of 72, and I saw it live when it happened. I was 21 years old on TV. Didn't think uh, there was any chance for the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the game. There was less than 30 seconds left, and Terry Bradshaw just throws the ball, gets deflected, almost hits the ground inches away, and Franco Harris picks it up and goes all the way for the TD for them to win. Uh, but just to tell you how good a player he was, uh, he did this. He is now, he is the third leading rusher in all time NFL history behind who? Walter Payton and Jim Brown. Yep. And is uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But that's how good a running back he was. He's behind Walter Payton and Jim Brown. Uh, he was a, a heck of a player, a heck of a person. All right. Finally, real real, real quick, guys. This comes from the History Channel. Do you know what happened on this day in 1891? It's a long time ago. What uh, happened? Yeah, I, I'm old, but yeah. I'm not quite that old. I almost made it, but I wasn't, wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, well, guess what happened? 30-year-old James Naismith introduces the first game of, base, of, of basketball. Okay. Yeah. It was based on 13 rules he created, and he did the game with 18 students at a YMCA in Springfield, Massachusetts, because he said they were bored and they were getting out of hand. And so one of the teachers said, can you do something with them? He said, okay. So what do you do? You got two peach baskets, according to the History Channel, attached them to a balcony 10 feet above the floor, and he told the object of the game was to throw a soccer ball into the opponent's basket. And each time they would score or hit the basket, then they would do what? A toss-up to see who gets the ball again. So you just didn't get the ball automatically. just because Right, you went to another jump score. ball setting, yeah. So it was a, a jump ball, and uh, I just thought, uh, gee, I never knew. 1891, on this day, quite a while ago. That's it, guys. Uh, Good to hear from you game. today, Steve. Thank you. We're favored. We're favored tonight by three and a half points. Hope to gosh we win it. 
All right, good um, to hear. War Eagle, Steve. Fubo TV recommendation, guys. Have a safe afternoon, and War Eagle, talk to you tomorrow. War Eagle. That's uh, retired War Dam Steve joining us there on the program. Today oh, being oh. the invention of basketball, yeah. and there being a game later today of basketball between Auburn and Washington. And, yeah, that is one of my favorite facts. Uh, you know, again, you score in the peach basket. Mm-hmm. One, we've got to reach up and get the ball out of the peach basket because there's not a hole in it right. for the ball to fall through. And two, uh, created as a nine-on-nine yeah. sport, like baseball. Yep. That's a lot of people out there on the court, awful. man, trying to play a uh, trying I, to play a game of basketball. I, I didn't even I didn't even think in the of, age of spacing, man. I, I didn't even think Jeez. about the thing. I didn't. I out of all the times I've, you know, the the history of basketball is like going into my head or whatever with Naismith and, and throwing. I knew it was a peach basket. I've never now until just now thought about somebody's got to go up there and get the ball out of the basket. I I guess I just not assume, fun. Yeah. I guess I assumed that they had just. A lot of media timeouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, I, I guess I just had assumed that they cut the bottom out of it so that the ball could go through, so that it's not one of those like it, that would just seem kind of common sense. Like we're going to put a basket way up in the air and throw a ball into it, and then it's like, oh crap. Yeah, <laughs> continues to have. Oh, we we didn't think that one through very well. That, Seems like they would have already gone ahead and cut the hole in the bottom. That and then nine on nine. Sure. And then okay, we score. You don't get the ball. We're going to do a jump ball. Right. So maybe we can get the ball again, and maybe you just never possess the basketball because we have get someone tall, the tallest yep. player on the team, and we're going to we're going to win the jump ball after every footer and just do every time. Yeah. Good and, stuff. And, and then just the way that the game has expanded, you know, uh, slam dunks were not legal until sometime in like the seventies, I think. Like you had to lay it in. You could go up right to a dunk, but you could not. I think you couldn't touch the rim. Right. So there were no slam dunks. And, of course, the three-point line didn't come around until almost some the time. 80s. Yeah. So, man, uh, oh, man. What a sport created on this day in 1891. We love it a lot. That's for sure. Uh, all right. We'll take a break because we have reached the end of hour number one here on Sports Call Today. Alongside Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call gets started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm sitting inside our studios here on South College Street with Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, 
and Cam Berry. A good first hour of the show. In just a little while, we'll chat once again with our good buddy Joe Bartle from Rotowire about a uh, big weekend coming up in the fantasy football world for so many people. And uh, we'll have that conversation coming your way at about 5.15 or so. We mentioned our studios here on South College Street. Uh, if you're traveling around the uh, Auburn area, kind of in our neck of the woods, here with Shell Toomer, we've got the new traffic light uh, that, that's up and doing some things today, <laughs> which is a, a major win. God, such a win. Tom, you've been coming over to this station for years and years and years. We've been working at this station every single day for years and years and years. And, uh, you know, we play Thunder Chicken softball right here. Yeah. This is a big deal. This is, I mean, look. This is exciting. Well, and people don't realize the headache of trying to get out from this studio to get out onto the onto the highway when you've got well you've got the traffic coming back and forth, but then you have people that are trying to turn onto shell turn left on the shell tumor and they'll back up. Right. And so you're just kinda of, there's been times, especially, you know, leaving here especially if you leave the show early. Usually about six, once we're getting out of here, it's not so bad. But if you have to leave early like around five don't do it you're going to be sitting in that intersection for a while right and so now we're going to get a there's going to be a light there that's going to be so nice it's going to ease the flow of traffic cannot wait and i'm surprised they didn't just stick around about there oh my god well here's the thing (laughs) i've been doing that a lot yeah around town yeah Yeah, now i'll tell you this now the roundabout over by over by southwest over by the fire department on uh on wire road they put the roundabout in there at cox road I thought was going to be an epic disaster. Oh, it's a good move. Has been great. And now they're about to put another one just on the other side of the fire department at the soccer complex. So there's going to be mm. two roundabouts. Like, basically on either side of our fire department, there's going to be two roundabouts. And, yeah, the one that they built now, it's great. But right here at this intersection, they needed something because that is just miserable, miserable, miserable intersection. Awful. Right here at the intersection of uh, – of South College slash 29 South and Shell Tumor. So. so, look, this show is amazing. Uh, this show has been on the air since 1995. This show has won awards by the Alabama Broadcasters Association uh, for being one of the absolute best in the state. This is the first time we've talked about traffic lights <laughs> on the program. So anytime you get a first, it's hard to have a first yeah. from time when you've been on the air for 27, 28 years. But we've done that today, fellas. Oh, I'm sure. We did it. You don't think anyone saw belt traffic lights ever? Ever. We haven't, but it's also 20 uh, other plus years to go there. Okay, well, Tom accounts for a couple of years before we were here, and he's saying he hasn't. That I could remember. Maybe back in I the just day, don't want a false advertisement. Maybe back in the day, Andy Bertram and those guys were talking about, we need a traffic light out here in front of the station. I don't know that they would have voiced that on the air. <laughs> I take the show places that others don't, uh, I like to think. Sometimes that leads. I to could some... ask the internet. Hey, internet, have you ever heard Sports Call talk mm-hmm. about traffic lights before? The, the internet might be like yes or no. The, I, I can't. The, the internet would probably be like, "What in the world?" I, I can't imagine that our traffic light talk here would lead to any sort of a segment. But a lot of times when we go off the rails, it you know, ends yeah. up leading to a segment. I mean, for goodness' oh, sake, we, all, can, uh, we can do this, a yeah. red light, green light <clears throat> segment in a hurry. Um, or proceed with I mean, caution. We were we we were talking about B sex one time, and that turned into Wacky Wednesday. Yeah. That no, was that's amazing. probably never. That been was an all time classic. That. <laughs> that was a first <laughs> and a last. Uh, all right. So I was, gonna, I was just gonna say though, if I may, I, mean, I can take this full segment. What What do you want me to do? You want me to talk about this or no? Do go it. for it. Because no? okay. I had something to say, but you go first. Um, I 
I think that in large part, most people would probably not be happy with another traffic light being added. But we do want to, again, pass along that this intersection absolutely needs it. And it's probably going to make you wait. You're going to lose a few seconds. Um, Even for us, sometimes. I mean, it's going to probably be pretty even. But sometimes, I mean, you're going to sit there for a little while. But uh, I cannot tell you how many horns I've heard honk out there. (laughs) And I just – I. I'm sorry that some people are going to be like, "Oh, we have this traffic light now." It's this one's this one's pretty necessary. <laughs> it's uh, good one. It's going to help a lot. Good here. one for the program for sure. All right, uh, red light, yellow light, green light. Here on Sports Call today. Do I get to run around the office? Possibly, we could set it up that way. But I want I want your mindset in regards to traffic. Okay. With these traffic lights in mind, Auburn kind of whiffed on the uh, transfer quarterbacks this past weekend with Grayson McCall so and far. Devin Leary. So far. So far. But there's a man named Robbie Ashford who's still on campus. There's a man named Robbie Ashford who had an incredible throw against Alabama in the Iron Bowl. And Hugh Freeze quote tweeted it uh, recently. Hello, you know, and, and I think there's probably a little bit of strategy there. How are you proceeding with the Robbie Ashford quarterback experience with the Auburn Tigers? Is this a green light? Or are we are we going to proceed with a little bit of caution? Uh, yellow light. I'm, I'm, a yellow yeah, light? I'm, I'm, I'm 100%. I don't want it at all. we got to stop no. and go I'm, the other direction. I'm 100% a yellow light yeah, on yellow Robbie light Ashford too. right now. Try to develop we him. We just made it a segment. I'm a yellow, I'm a yellow item. Try to develop him, right? Yeah. See, see what he can do. See what he can give you. Um, cause I mean, obviously the talent's there, right? We, we've seen the, his ability to put the ball in places, um, like an sec quarterback should his running ability is, is, um, definitely up there and he's extremely talented in, in that ability. Um, we obviously want to work on ball security a little bit more, um, and just decision-making when throwing the ball. But yeah, I, I'm definitely a yellow light with him. Just, just proceed with caution if you get somebody better that you obviously know is better then you probably go with that option yep. like obviously if we got Devin Leary or or Grayson right. McCall he's the starter right like we we yeah. know that um but that not being the case Robbie is the best quarterback on our roster right now uh he probably gives us the best chance to win and um you just you just go from there and if somebody i, I mean obviously the period is not over um for a transfer quarterback for Auburn to get a transfer quarterback. Uh, so we'll see come springtime if another name ends up coming in and see how that goes to create a little bit more competition. And, and there's a lot of talk out there and not necessarily Auburn related. Like this guy is probably kind of look at Auburn or come to Auburn, but there's still a lot of talk out there of quarterbacks entering the transfer portal of teams that are currently in bowl games that have not played or even in playoff teams that, Maybe maybe not be their starting quarterback, but a backup at some of these other schools that will be looking to uh, transfer, but they're sticking it around through their bowl game and through the playoffs. So there's still talk out there that there's going to be quarterbacks in the portal. I am yellow light with Robbie. You mentioned that throw against Alabama. Great. That was a beautiful throw. I mean, you couldn't have put it any better. That was like the best throw that he had all season because there were plenty of others that he had guys wide open that he just sailed it past Totally them. fine. So – 
he has to develop that passing. The the running game with him is great. Need to protect the ball a little bit better, but the running is fine. I don't have a problem with that. But his decision making is going to have to be better. Uh, his technique in the pocket is going to have to get better. Hopefully, now that you're starting to get some offensive linemen in there, that's going to help things right. out. But you've got to he's he's got to work on that pocket presence, and he's got to work on being able to set his feet and make an accurate throw. And that's one thing that we've not seen a lot out of him. Can that be developed by Hugh Freeze and the staff? Right. I think it can. I think because, so as well. Because, well, you've seen what they've done in the past with developing quarterbacks. I think he can be developed. But, like Cam said, the reason I stay yellow light is because, yeah, if you can get into the portal and you can get a guy in here who you know already is an accurate passer, who already has a lot of the techniques down, a lot of things like that, and he can come in and give you an immediate threat with the passing that is already mostly developed, then, yeah, you've got to, you've got to bring that in. You have to do that and develop Robbie along with that. So uh, definitely yellow light for him. Yeah. I, I'm not going to red light him by any means, Mm-mm. but I'm not ready to green light him full on unless you just can't get another person in here. Auburn football quarterback Robbie Ashford going into the 2023 football season. Let's hear from Mr. Lavoie. You're approaching the traffic area. What's happening with the car? You decelerating a little bit, full go, <clears throat> touch yep, and go. When you have a yellow light, you're supposed to start slowing down. <laughs> I do For most do people, that. that's an accelerator. Depends but, on how uh, close you are to it. <laughs> right. But uh, so I'm yellow light, but I will say that if not for the Alabama game, I would have been red light because it was pretty atrocious, the throwing for, right. for most of the year. Yeah. Um, I mean, several games under 50%, and in particular in the SEC. And we can say what we want about bad offensive line play and uh, subpar wide receivers and that sort of thing, but that doesn't mean you're all the way down the 40s percent-wise. There's still a certain standard that if you're a quality thrower, you can live up to even with adverse circumstances. And everyone understands the work that Astrid will have to do passing, but I think the important thing is – he was able to go up against Alabama. Uh, that's probably – I know Alabama did not make the playoff this year, but, again, as tough as an environment as you're going to be able to play in, I mean, you're playing an Iron Bowl on the road. Um, it's still ultimately a top seven or eight team, and it's really hard to have a tougher game than that. Yep. Um, knowing that you're also an underskilled team compared to them. And he played, again, a very gritty game. He did make the best throw he made all year. And I think more than anything, it's just that he is such a good runner, especially when it's designed to do so. Right. Uh, he has a tendency, you know, he's obviously incredibly fast no matter what play it is, Happy but he, he leaves the pocket and, and kind of only goes right, and that really limits what he can do as a runner that's scrambling on a play. But on a design run, he is really good at finding that lane and going through it. And there's a lot of plays where maybe it was a quarterback power or maybe something that was designed not straight up the middle, but something that's designed off tackle where he would cut. It would start to go outside and then cut into the middle of the field and was usually able to make a very explosive play out of that. And so he is such a good runner that you he falls under the category that to be a successful college quarterback, he will not have to become a great passer. 
he will just have to become an above average passer yeah. to become a really good college quarterback because he's got that such that innate running ability. I mean, there's a scenario out there where he's the best running quarterback in the country next year if they put everything together, if they develop offensive line and they they get him really involved. And so it's a yellow light because there's the potential there. There's a pathway for success to him, but it's not a given. So it's not green because he's not there right now. He's got plenty of work to do with the involvement of him as a passer, but it's not red because, again, there is that path to success for him. He's got an ability that not a lot of people have because he is such a good runner. And now that you've you've seen at least a really good throw in there, and maybe it's a one-hit wonder, but you've seen that a great throw is in there. And he's had, by the way, earlier in the year, what was funny about it is that he'd actually make some some pretty good throws on the run. He'd actually make some really good throws when he'd step up in the pocket and throw a deep ball at times. But it was the in-pocket stuff. So he made a few great throws on the run early in the year, and now he's made and he made a really great throw in the pocket back corner of the end zone when he had to have it. So I've seen at least a, a pathway for him to I, again. I don't think he'll be a great thrower of the football, yeah. but to just be above average because it's it's we're probably going to do this too much for the end of time until someone kind of replicates it, which is really hard to replicate. But again, a reminder that Nick Marshall was a really good college quarterback, undervalued at the time, was not a great passer. No. He was an average passer. He could throw a great deep ball. He could throw a bubble screen. That's what it was. But because he was such a great runner, some of that deep stuff was wide open. And you don't have to hit. The idea is you don't have to hit as precise of throws if you've done such a great job of moving the defense where you want them to move and they fall for the run stuff. And so that will always make appeal to me as preferring mobile quarterbacks in the college game because you can just do so much with them and that you don't have to have them make pure passes all the time. So I, I know with Hugh Freeze developing that with Malik Willis, I still think if you watch Malik Willis at Liberty, I still don't think you'd say he's one of college's best passers over his time at Liberty. But what he got to be was a competent passer. And he got it to where he could throw for 250, 280 yards a game and make a few key throws. Yeah. And that, in general, it was a positive when he passed instead of negative. Not that it was all of a sudden going to just pick you apart, but that when he dropped back the throw, it wasn't, oh, no, here it comes. Yeah. It was He was able to make plays like that. And so I think that's what you're trying to get with Astrid. I still think, Tom, that they've got to find a transfer portal guy. Yep. Because I still want someone to compete with Ashford regardless. Now, you know, if you would have gotten someone like Leary or McCall, maybe Spencer Sanders, can't forget about him, then there really probably isn't much competition in that. It's going to yeah. be the new guy. But, you know, things didn't work out. at the very least, they got to get somebody in there to yeah. not win the job, compete for the job. Uh, and, and, I mean, there's still competition there because, I mean, you still got Holden Gurner, uh, who – just redshirted his freshman season. Um, so, Gurner's still there, but we don't know how he is. I mean, we just we haven't seen him in game, in game time action. Very highly touted high school quarterback, but we don't know. Uh, you get a – you sign uh, 
you signed the the kid out of uh, Tennessee who was uh, uh, Hank something. Hank, yeah. It, it's a very common yeah Brown name. or something. I yeah, don't know. Hank uh, Smith. It's like the the most normal white kid name ever. <laughs> like <laughs> Hank Smith. <laughs> it is Hank, Hank Brown. Hank yeah, Brown. Hank Brown. Um, now this now this kid uh, he's only a three star. But the program that he comes out of is uh, the one that Trent Dilfer has coached. Very, very good program up in Tennessee. Uh, Trent Dilfer was his coach, and they beat Thompson. There, he comes from a program that plays these kind of travel ball. They, they right. play kinda, a, I like IMG, kind of like yeah. an IMG. Yeah, they they play a lot of stuff. So he, it's a very prestigious program that this kid is coming out of. He's only ranked as a three star. But if you look at his highlights, he can throw it. I mean, he's he's a good quarterback, so he's going to provide some competition. But again, with him, with Hank Brown, you're looking at a true freshman that you're trying to get up. With Holden Gurner, it's a guy that's redshirted, just still don't know what he's capable of. But yeah, if you can get if you can get that guy that already has experience, especially if it's a guy that already has a good bit of Power Five experience, goodness gracious, get him in here. I uh, Ideally, I mean, you can get the the transfer portal guys, but I mean, I honestly think ideally, you'd like to find a guy that's maybe like the grad transfer that maybe you get him here for one year. Sure, uh, but it's a guy that has that type of experience. He he's got at least three years of that experience. Come in as a grad transfer, play here for a year to give these other guys a chance to learn under Hugh Freeze and these other guys. And then kind of proceed in the future. So I'm, I'm hoping, I, I'm hoping Auburn goes that way. But I think from just everything I've heard, Auburn's still looking that way. There's still plenty of guys out there that are probably going to enter the transfer portal before all said is done. All is said and done. Ugh, there. Wow. Got those words out of my all mouth. All said. Yeah. And now it's done. Uh, and now my red light comes in. Yeah, because we're going to have a break. So it is a red light. It's a, it is a red light. Uh, we've got to stop. Got to get to a timeout here on the program. You're listening to the Abbey Award-winning sports call, WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. Sports call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Cam Barry, and Ryan LaVoy on this Wednesday. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. A uh, new traffic light right outside of our studios here on South College Street across from Shell Tumor Parkway. It's got us thinking. It's a segment that we just created within the hour. Red light, yellow light, green light. I'm not done with this, baby. We're going to keep it rolling. It's all right. Uh, and we've got a basketball game to talk about a little bit later this evening with the Auburn men's team in Seattle. 
taking on UW, taking on the University of Washington, as Auburn, after this game, will jump into SEC play. So, your outlook on Auburn men's basketball right now, fellas, knowing that SEC play is right around the corner. Are you proceeding with caution? This team's great. I'm ready to rock and roll. Or I've seen enough. I'm done. Red light. I don't care anymore. Uh, I I know how this is going to end. Where are we at with this Auburn men's basketball team? I mean, I care. Yeah. I I, I don't want to say a red light in that regard. I, that was too harsh. I yeah, apologize. I mean, the thing is, it's too early. It's too early for anybody to be red lighting this team. You're driving in traffic. You see a red light. You stop. I don't care. I'm getting out of the car right here. I'm just exiting. Right yeah, take it down. I yeah, I, I don't need it. I, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw you a curveball here. Okay. What What color? If you mix yellow and red, what color do you get? Gosh, we're going back to elementary school. Yellow and is that orange? Orange. I'm at orange with this Auburn basketball team right now. That's brand new in the uh, traffic light world. He's also drinking an orange drink right now. I am drinking the Mountain. Cam. Oh, okay. well, he's got the Fanta. I got the uh, Mountain Dew Live Wire. Fanta going. A lot of orange. Only. Yep. Uh, I'm, the I'm, Orange Bowl this year is Clemson and Tennessee. Both <laughs> schools are orange. <laughs> so I am. Uh, but you're creating the orange light. I'm, yeah, because I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ready to go red with them. Okay. You're not it's, done it's, with them. It's way too, way too early in the season. There's way too much more basketball to be played, and I think this team has the ability to get better. But it's but, not even uh, yellow light level uh, just yet. Man, there's there's a lot of issues with this team. Sure. Like, like right now, I don't see this Auburn team as an NCAA tournament team, and if they are, it's a squeaking into the tournament. That's just right now. Now, can they get better? Sure. But you don't have any shooters. Not, not any that you can just really rely on. There's not really any shooters. Um, the defense, which was their thing, we have seen it struggle now at times. To, so the defense is not getting there. You've got these newcomers that you thought were supposed to be dudes that were going to really come in and fill some of the gaps that you lost last year and it not be what Jabari Smith and Walker Kessel were. You're not going to completely replace that, but you're hoping like a Johan Treor is going to be a guy that could at least give you some of that production that you lost. You haven't gotten that. You just saw a team that turned the ball over 23 times and just completely looked lost in the half-court offense. So there's just so many things with this team that just don't does not feel good right now. And then you also look at the fact that even though Alabama did just recently get beat by double digits, you know what they have. Right. They're really damn good. They're a good team. You know Kentucky is really damn good. You know Arkansas is going to be really damn good. You know Tennessee is going to be really damn good. You've got to play those teams. Sure. Orange light. I don't know right now that Auburn can really compete on that level and then when you look at the rest of the country and you're thinking about this is who you're going to have to play when you get to the NCAA tournament if you make it Auburn right this team is not at that level sure but I don't want to get there which is which is why I am not ready to red light them because but just I not quite ready because, to get the full yellow light status. Well, because I because I think for for the woes with the shooting I think you've got guys that we have seen that can Find it. Wendell Green can find it. He he can find it. KD Johnson, he can find it. Uh, I think Chance Westry, 
once he figures it out, I think he can be really good. Alan Flanagan averaged 16 points as a sophomore. He did, but now Alan Flanagan has just not been Alan Flanagan in the last couple of years. He's, he's had it before. He's hey, had it before. He's had it before. He's doing well now, I will Man, say. Flanagan has been playing you know, just fine. And, I agree. And, I but he has not been to that level. All right, he, has he's not, he has not been to that level well, no, at all. No, but I don't think he'll ever have to um, get back to that level. Uh, Janai Broom, if he can just be more consistent, he can be a good force on the inside for them. And instead of it having to be all Dylan Cardwell, I love Dylan Cardwell's heart and his enthusiasm. Yeah. And I like his play for the most part, but he is not a dominant force. But if you combine him with Janai Broom, you, you got something there, but you got to be more consistent with it. And then I want to see Treor turn into the five-star number second second highest recruited uh, player that Auburn's ever had. We need to see that. Sure. So again, I'm not ready to red light them. I, I'm I'm sitting here crapping all over this team, but I'm not ready to red light them because I I see things that they can get better. I trust Bruce Pearl to get them better. But they got to do it. They they've they've got to get better uh, for me to for me to go. You know, for me to go yellow light towards green light. I, I've got to start seeing a lot more improvement because right now it just it feels like uh, you'll see some improvement. Uh, you know, it's like it's like two steps forward, then a huge leap backwards, yeah. and then another couple steps forward and another huge leap backwards. And it's like figure it out, get more consistent, and then I'll feel a little bit more comfortable out. They play right tonight now, I'm just not very comfortable Against with Washington, 8 p.m. tip-off. Let me hear from Cam and Ryan. What color is your traffic light? I'm at a solid yellow, for sure, okay. as well. Um, You're not mixing colors. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can I'm, change I'm the world. I'm at a yellow on this team. Um, I, said, I said Monday that the game against USC, I think the team was just functioning differently, not – I, I said I don't think Wendell should have played at all. I think it should, we should have just left it and let him just sit and heal up because I think he just kind of messed with the flow of the game and he wasn't at his best. He was he was playing at maybe 70% at best, um, and he ended up not being able to go, and I think that's kind of messed with the rotations and different things like that. It messed with the mindsets of some of the players, like KD, for example. He had six turnovers. Um, and that's because he was trying to do a drive and kick, and that's not his game. That's not how he plays. He drives and scores. Um, and so I think he was trying to force the issue of trying to distribute and be that guy, and that's not really his thing. Trey Donaldson had a great game. Uh, we we want to continue to build off that because he's he is a really good player, and we're seeing it. Uh, want to cut down on the on the on the fouls and you know some of those might be ticky tack fouls and and different things like that but defensively i think he's he's going to be very very good a good um i would say almost lockdown defender um and and great with just overall stealing the ball and and touch all all that um i saw him pick i think it was drew peterson's pocket and i was like oh my gosh all right i like what i see um so and and you want to see Zepp get be maybe just a little bit more aggressive in his scoring. I think we've that's always been consistent with how we talk about Zepp. Just he's great on defense, but when it comes to scoring, he's not as he's just not as aggressive. Uh, and we'd like to see that a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm at a yellow yeah. light. This team can this team has a lot of potential. They they can build upon uh, upon what they have. I'd like to see Jalen Williams get a few more touches. Um, especially from three, he's shooting thirty nine percent from three, uh, and 
uh, I mean, yeah, doing very well. So uh, far this hour, it feels as though this this show is very much a uh, yellow light program. Yellow and that's light okay. program. Three three four eight eight seven three four zero one. Uh, maybe green lights are in our future. You never I can't know. Go green light. They're just struggling too much right now, right? And and you're right, Tom, about the defensive side of things. They've just kind of fallen off on the defensive side. Um, they just kind of feel. It seems like they've lost their intensity almost. No. Um, and you kind of want to see that get back into yeah. form. Let me uh, get a call in here. So yeah. 334-887-3401. Daryl from Auburn. Daryl has called into Sports Call today. Hi, Daryl. Hey, guys. Um, everybody, even though you don't talk about sports all the time, your entertainment value when you digress and run out of stuff to talk about is entertaining. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we kind of venture off a little bit. We're glad that you find it amusing because we certainly do ourselves. Well, for the record, I don't like cat dog either. There we go. Yes. <laughs> it made no sense to me. You're on the right side of the column. I like that. I'm right there with Who you, does buddy. Like cat dog. Weird people like Brooks. <laughs> well, it didn't make any sense to me, you know. And then a lot of the shows, not that I grew up when my kids are growing up. It was SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, uh, it's a sponge that works in a. A, a burger hey, restaurant. He lives in a pineapple in a under pineapple. the sea. Yeah, it's, oh, SpongeBob. It's quite Square strange. He <laughs> lives in a pineapple, you know? <laughs> and that's what uh, I would guess Ferguson was saying. That's right. Yesterday. That's what he was saying. You're exactly right. And then you touched on Courage the Cowardly Dog, and I forgot all about him. He was the most hilarious adult themed cartoon. I love that show. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. But anyway, and, uh, and now we got traffic lights today that we're discussing. Well, I want to discuss that too. Um, I actually, I'm an old Auburn native, you know, and then I come coming off Shelton Mill Road or Shelton Mill Road from Chihuahua. You take your life in your hands if you make a left coming away from the interstate. So oh, yeah. I just come when I come off Shelton Mill, I make a right if I. Going down like towards your studio, I make a left at the Walmart because you just got to plan that way. Because you know you got that traffic from Briggs and Stratton, and then people heading to Skiggy or wherever, you know, and they just don't pay attention, you know. And then uh, Auburn's public safety has been real good because they got speed barriers, roundabouts, and just things to slow traffic down. And I didn't realize how quick. People drive until, you know, I, I think I told you my truck's in the shop. I might get it about two or three weeks. But I've just been riding my bicycle the last three months. So you just don't realize how fast people go, you know. It's just dangerous. That's a long time to be out there on the bicycle. And it's too cold these days, man. Well, you know. you got to uh, bundle up. Yeah, I've already planned for that. I'm working in the restaurant this weekend. we got a cold chill, so I don't wear, wear a pair of sweatpants in my restaurant uniform and then not. I just dress in layers and the gloves, and uh, it is what it is. But uh, and also, oh, and one last thing about the traffic light thing. You know how big I am to movies, old TV shows, and all that. Right. Uh, there was I would say it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he was transported from an alien planet here, and then uh, he's indoctrinated into. Uh, traffic areas, you know, and and the, the girl that's from Earth or whatever says, "Do you understand how these traffic lights work?" Yes. Red means stop. Green means go. Yellow means go faster. 
Yes. I swear that wasn't in a movie. <laughs> Aftermath <laughs> is, yes. But anyway, I'm just sitting here enjoying the show, wrapping the presents, stuffing the envelopes for cash, and uh, getting ready to do a distribution of Santa Claus tomorrow. So. Yeah. Santa Claus is coming to town tomorrow. That's what we like to hear. Well, yeah. Well, it's the last day that the Lee County Transit bus is running for tomorrow, and I want to take a bus to my daughter's house, and we're going to celebrate Christmas early, so... Very good. Well, certainly do enjoy that family time, Daryl. I know that all of us are looking forward to our weekends ahead and uh, time with our families as well. Okay. Speaking of which, uh, what are your holiday hours? Are you going to do a show until Friday or what? We will. We'll do a show on Friday, and we will do a show on uh, Monday, December 26th. So we'll, uh, well, we'll be on the air. Well, can't you guys just take a break and go to North Carolina or wherever it is you go for about four days? I, I do go back home, and I will get to go home, and then I'll also be returning home for New Year's weekend. So we're going to get some time off. We're going to get some time off for New Year's weekend as well. So it'll be a lot of fun. Okay. Well, you guys be safe in your travels, and uh, if you don't hear me, have a, hear from me and have a good holiday, okay? Sounds good. Sounds good. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you as well, Daryl. Okie dokie. Bye. All right. That's uh, Daryl from Auburn joining us there on the program. Good stuff. We'll go ahead and we'll take our next commercial break. Yeah, I, the, the SpongeBob conversation was quite enjoyable yesterday. Uh, started by Cat Dog. And again, you just never know what you're going to get out of this program. That's for sure. Uh, we're back after this timeout on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. <laughs> have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. 30 final hour of Sports Call getting started on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, and Cam Berry. We hope that you're doing well on this Wednesday. Tonight, Auburn men's basketball prepares for a game against Washington. And also, we saw signing day come and go for the Tigers. Uh, signees will continue to make waves over the next few days. And again, in February, we've got another signing day coming up. We'll see more players added to the transfer portal. So still a lot for us to discuss in the coming days and weeks in regards to the roster for Auburn football in 2023. As we get this third hour of the program up and moving, let's give you our daily show recap. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. 
I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Yes, our Daily Show Recap here today on this Wednesday. What's happened on the show so far today, Cam? We've talked a lot about signing day. Yeah. A lot, a lot about signing day. Played red light, green light, yellow light. Um, orange, we talked about traffic yeah, lights orange light about an orange light tom added an orange light um we will be talking to joe bartle soon and uh yeah i think that's it it's yeah. been fun it's been, fun. It's been a and good we talked show. a little bit of auburn basketball we did we did um we want to let you know also uh some baseball stuff has been happening short stops continue to find their new teams <sighs> dansby swanson was officially introduced as a member uh, of the Chicago Cubs God, a little a bit earlier today. He gave a little speech, though, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. He did it's indeed. His grandfather being a Cubs fan, that's his second favorite team. And I was like, well, well, now I can't be mad that he left. Right. <laughs> Dang it. It's going to stink to not see him in a Braves uniform, but, is, but, but there he goes. And now Carlos Correa is a shortstop for the Mets. So frustrating that he just signed overnight because, I guess, of a, a whiff in – the Giants organization. I don't know. I'm sure you know this better, Ryan, about what really happened. Um, I think it was just something medical. Yeah, they, they, I saw. I read the the medical thing that that, that flagged, but the Mets seemed to not care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like for the Giants, um, you want everything in tip top shape when you're going to invest someone over a decade mm-hmm. and uh, 300 million dollars yeah. especially yeah. when the giants have big money but they don't have big money and just to Do- mess up with it dodgers money and so cohen has obviously not cared and he wants to win right now and then uh, so i mean we'll see i i think that they're going to be one of the favorites obviously but oh, yeah. i also think doing all these deals they're going to regret it in a few years if they Man. especially if they if they don't ever win a, a world series title all They're going to look really bad. They're, all this for been. second place. So sad. Say again? All this for second place. Oh. Well, that you, was the thing. I, I, I was reading to you guys what Buster Olney had said about their infield uh, or their kind of the way their team's put together. Every single projected starter on their infield has at least two all-star appearances. Their number one and, new, and, their number, one and number two pitchers will most likely be unanimous uh, Hall of Famers. And their closer struck out 50% of the batters he faced. So that's just what they're looking at projected. That's not even talking about their outfield, which is also loaded. So, man, they're they are spending the money. They're spending New York Yankee-type money to do that and with the Mets. And they're going to be good. That's going to be tough to get past. But we'll see. It is still the New York Mets. They, they find a way to do less with some of the good talent they have. We still don't like them. Just don't like them, no. They don't like the Braves either. Yeah. Another shortstop, Trey Turner, is going to the Phillies. Um, and, and Xander Bogart's heading out to the uh, the Padres. So, yep. shortstop's on the move this offseason in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Aaron Judge staying put. And then Jacob DeGrom going from the Mets to the Rangers and Verlander going over to the Mets. Yeah, I mean, which which is the best? You, you, you lose DeGrom, but you get Verlander. You might. I Seems mean, like a pretty good trade-off. You're just there. talking one year. You'd probably rather have Verlander because Degrom, you can't rely on to be right. healthy for an entire yeah. year. I think when they're both pitching, they're both 
I mean, there's really no difference in the two. I think they're both elite, but I mean, Degrom's just been so beat up, and eventually one of those injuries is going to actually result in him declining rapidly. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't see them losing anything, and, and I think he only started like 15 times last year, or something like that. Yeah. So, in, in a sense, they didn't really even have him last year. They didn't have him most of the year. Yeah. The one thing I want to say is we're sitting there talking about what the Mets are doing. The Braves are still in really good shape. It's not like the Braves are going to suddenly stink. They've still got so many great players. You lose Dansby Swanson, but, I mean, it really sounds like Vaughn Grissom is going to be the guy that they expect to be their shortstop. He's apparently been working with uh, with Coach Washington to really hone his skills at the position, so you kind of think that's where that's going to be. Um and you've still got your core players uh, that are going to return. And you added a catcher who is a surefire all-star type catcher. So the Braves are not in a bad situation. It just happens to be that the Mets, their fierce rival in that division, is just stupidly spending money and loading up on the best players that money can buy to try to buy themselves a pennant. But it's still the Mets. They yeah. they find a way they for whatever reason the Mets seem to have a lot of times have some really good talent and they still can't get it done so you kind of hope that's still what happens pitching Jacob Degrom will be thirty four uh, come April in the start of the Major League Baseball season Justin Verlander will be forty he turns forty Jeez. in February so he uh, is an anomaly of how great he's continued to be despite <clears throat> his age old. <clears throat> He is old. Uh, 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one triple eight nine tiger 9 As we go back to the phone lines, joining us on the program... Jeff from Columbus. Jeff has called into Sports Call here today. Hi, Jeff. Hey, guys. How are you? Quite well. How about yourself? You sound like like you're in a can, JJ. Let me fix that for you. How about now? Does that sound a little bit better for you? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you do good. You'd think I'd figure out these buttons by now, but sometimes I push the wrong ones. Exactly. (laughs) Somebody had you on red light, apparently. Yes. Hey, Amen. Um, Look at that. <laughs> I'd like to add to your baseball conversation, but I don't know enough about it. So I'll Well, you take it wherever going. you want to go. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Hey, um, one thing before I forget, because I'm outside actually putting some covers on my faucets, which, please, everybody does that. My buddy does water restoration, and he's all ready. because nobody ever does that so there's a, a little helpful tip put a towel around it or something just keep the pipes from freezing and you all were talking about how cold is you've ever been or something like that well yes I yesterday was, go ahead I, I was i was 12 years old i lived in kansas and i know kansas is flat family's from kansas but for some reason leavenworth kansas is not flat it's right near the missouri river it was minus 20 with the wind chill and i'll tell you what we were outside playing and sledding in it my parents (laughs) never came outside but a 12 year old kid would get out there in the snow you know what i'm saying so i guess it really it's all about all about your age like i feel sorry for every parent who got their kid a bike because they're going to have to be out there on Sunday in eight degrees trying to show them how to ride a bike. What the bike's like, yeah. Yeah, so I don't envy that. But, hey, what I was really calling about is today's signing day, and, uh, man, I got important things in my life, so it doesn't really 
you know, it's it's not something that obsesses me or anything like that. But I remember when it was kind of an important day. You know, it used to be fun to watch, see who gets who and flips from here to there. But I tell you, it's kind of like the whole sport in general, college football, speaking of. Uh, it's losing its luster. I think it's already and uh, gotten to the point where it's, it's not even uh, minor league football. I mean, because the way I see it, the at the college level right now, at least for the first time, well, for any transfer, they've got it better than free agency. They can just go wherever they want to go, whenever they want to go. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, and, that's what and so and so it really doesn't matter what your recruiting class is. Of course, we've had this discussion before. The, not all five stars pan out, not all four stars, not all three stars stay three stars. But the general opinion is the more five stars you got, the better chance yep. they're gonna, you're, you're going to end up with a – the ratio would be right, right? You would get a, a bigger percentage of your players would be better, you would think. So, yeah, yeah, history uh, history shows history shows that the more the more five stars you load up on, the better you're going to be because typically your guys that end up as first round draft picks were five stars when they went in. Now there's obviously anomalies there and there's different things right. change, but typically the guys that end up being your first round draft picks they were five stars, and so the right. more five stars you get, the better off you're going to be historically. So, so that's the only thing. You know, I'm kind of looking at, but then who was it? Was it Mac Brown or from North Carolina? Was it who's the quarterback? May from North Carolina? Was that North Carolina? Yeah, May. May. And he, if what he's saying is true, and I don't know why he would even lie, that somebody's offering five million or more than one person that's offering five million dollars to get a transfer for one year. That's, I mean, so it really doesn't matter who you sign. Chances are, after spring game or even after the end of the year, like Texas A&M, you know, they're going to move on. If you don't win, that's the only thing I can think of. But even then, I don't think it has a lot to do with winning because I think most of these, well, well, I can't. I will say most of these players, I believe, aren't in it for the team. They're in it for themselves, you know. And that's what, you know, you got to do what's best for you, right? But, uh I just, I, I just, really, it's it's college football to me, at least, is just losing its luster. It seems like. And then what was it? Uh, what's that guy from Jackson State? Travis. Uh, Hunter? Travis Hunter. Can't, Travis, Travis Hunter. I saw where he might be interested in coming to Georgia, but now he's playing a game. He wants one a hundred thousand uh, likes or subscriptions to his channel. To his YouTube channel. He, yeah. 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 I mean, this is just, I mean, I don't know. I, there's a whole lot of things that have changed in my lifetime. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just. This, it's a different age that we live in. Yes. and this, uh, But I just wanted to put my two cents in just because, like I say, it's hard to get excited about somebody that may never see the field. Yeah. You know, they, they can transfer right after spring. And, really, I just don't understand. Who was it? Was it somebody – Maybe it was Steve or something. You know, get a two-year contract or something. I mean, there's – I mean, even at my work, I mean, we got no compete clauses and stuff like that. I mean, 
these, you know, I'm not even calling them student athletes anymore. I, shoot, they ought to be employees. Well. And uh, the NIL, like I say, I don't understand. It's just pay for play anymore. Yep. You know, different, and I, different day, different sport for yep. sure. You got to get to a break, but Jeff. The, okay. Uh, uh, but real quick, yeah, I'm going to pull thought. Steve here. I'm going to let you go. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to let you go. Good deal. Do they have to do anything for this NIL? Do they have to perform services, or can they just do it? Because I haven't seen a ton of players on TV. I'll leave it at that, okay? Merry we'll Christmas to, to you, Jeff. Merry Christmas to you. All right, that's our good pal Jeff from Columbus joining us there on the program. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. we got to get to Joe Bardo from Rotowire after this timeout here on Sports Call. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. All of our Sports Call callers and guests do join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender, as we use our Auburn Bank phone line to uh, chat with our good pal Joe Bartle from Roto-Wire here on this Wednesday. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you, Joe. We appreciate the time. How are things for you, my friend? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, you know, getting set for a really pivotal week from a fantasy perspective, either semifinals or finals for a lot of people right now or getting close to that area. So uh, definitely entertaining, especially when all the games are occurring Saturday for the most part. You stepped up to the plate when I asked you to deliver a controversial hot take in regards to Thanksgiving. So let me do the same here in the uh, the Christmas season. Any hot takes that you would like to get off your chest today? Uh, eggnog is not that good. Uh, <laughs> good like, to know. Just, I've never had it. Good to know. Yeah, it's, it's it's not it's not one of those things that even needs to be discussed in the same vein of any of the other holiday dishes or traditions or festivities. Like, I, no, nah, it just doesn't doesn't. We could do a lot of better things with alcohol than eggnog. So I'm I'm out on that. That should not be. Uh, as representative as it is for the holiday season. <laughs> That's just so perfect. I love that. What about Christmas lights? Uh, are, are you someone, Joe, that uh, you're putting Christmas lights around the house? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I guess uh, I haven't been a homeowner uh, up until this year, more or less. And I guess I'm not technically owning, but there's more space to decorate than ever before. So uh, I've been enjoying it. And, you know, I have a little one at home, too. So uh, he, he really loves lights, and it's, it's made things more festive as well. I, I don't know. I, I like it. Um, we, we do Christmas uh, light shows every year as uh, an extended family, and that kind of is a tradition as well that I, I like to keep. So I don't mind the lights. Obviously, the work to do the lights, not as much of a fan. I feel like that's a pain in the butt every time, but it does feel worth it. Uh, for most situations. Love it. Joe Bartle's here with us from Rotowire. Follow him on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports. Uh, big emphasis once again this week on Saturday games, Joe. Way more games on Saturday, uh, which is Christmas Eve, as opposed to on Sunday, those Christmas Day games. So uh, as a lot of people are in the playoff hunt or playoffs taking place in the fantasy football world, do need to be aware of the fact that so many games are taking place on Saturday. 
Yeah, all but three uh, will be taking, I guess, four, because you're coming a Thursday night game, taking place uh, on Saturday. And I guess I, I, that's good in a sense because, for the most part, people are probably uh, going to be busy on the 25th, specifically maybe the 24th, too. So you want to get your fantasy lineups in um, relatively early. I think the also positive news is there's not a lot of question marks in terms of players' availability. And I'm sure anything um, that is remotely up in the air will probably be decided Friday. Like, from a decision-making perspective, fantasy managers won't have to worry too much. I mean, there is, like, Lamar Jackson stuff and, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts as well, too, although I imagine he will not play for the Eagles this week. So it, you get to you get to have this kind of uh, runway today, tomorrow, and then Friday to really get your information in because all those games happening Saturday will uh, more or less take care of any of the concerns that Saturday waiting to that point typically happens or uh, generally is what we're waiting for. So... Yeah, I, I think it'll be, uh, I mean, there's, what, at most uh, six people in a given league that really care about what's happening right. at the moment in, in football. So we've gotten to that point in the season where a lot of people can be rightfully checked out uh, and we don't have to chastise them for doing so. So I, it, it really, it, it should be fine. It should be fine. What do we need to know about the Jaguars and Jets game tomorrow? Kind of interesting contest uh, between one quarterback who's emerging and one that might be okay. Um, I have not been a Zach Wilson supporter really uh since he was taking number two overall i was far more in on trey lance i thought both zach wilson and mac jones um were really not at all relevant prospects and justin fields was going to be fine and, and truthfully i think we've seen that thus far with mac jones and zach wilson that those guys don't look like the franchise cornerstone for the teams expected them to be when they took more in the, in the respective spots in the draft uh, trevor lawrence has turned a corner um and i i thought if you watch that game uh last week and and you didn't just box with you watched the game that's a top 10 quarterback in the league right now and i don't know if it's doug peterson i'm not sure if it's trevor lawrence getting more confidence um it could be that you know zay jones and marvin jones and all the joneses for the jaguars are playing way better and he has more chemistry all of that can be the answer and no urban meyer that can be an answer too but whatever it is we have to acknowledge where trevor lawrence is right now in the nfl and the quarterback like part of this of course is because I think like 10 different teams are starting different quarterbacks this week than they did in week one due to injuries or ineffectiveness, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I think Lawrence has gotten to that point. We, we had all this talk about he's the next Andrew Luck, and I, I know that's tough for a lot of people to swallow because they want to see people who are supposed to be successful fail. That's kind of what America feels like uh, over the last two years or so. That you, you want People want to see those players fail. Well, Lawrence is not. He's been playing at that level and has been exceptional. And, and the Jaguars not only are in playoff contention, I think have a better shot at making the playoffs, playoffs than the Titans. So this could be a really important game. Now, if Quinton Williams is active for the Jets, this will be the toughest test that the Jaguars have offensively really over the past month. Uh, Quinton Williams did not play against the Lions last week, although it was, I guess, close. And given where the Jets are kind of free-falling at the moment, I anticipate he will be active for this contest. Zach Wilson should be good enough from a fantasy perspective that if you are in desperate need of replacing Jalen Hurts or something like that, I would say Zach Wilson probably gets you 15 to 20 fantasy points. Uh, but that's, you know, it's, it's, it's a roll of the dice, that's for sure. He's had some bad moments and good moments, and we saw that on display last week. Uh, we are, of course, as you know, in the Atlanta market here. You mentioned Lamar Jackson a little bit earlier. That's who the Falcons get set to take on on Christmas Eve. What are you hearing in regards to Lamar Jackson? They didn't practice Tuesday, didn't practice today. It seems like he's trending towards not being out. And when the knee injury occurred, it was actually like, oh, well, maybe two weeks at most. Um, or maybe maybe missing this week. The fact that he's not practicing this week at all 
uh, thus far would indicate to me Lamar is not going to be out there to play. Now, to the Ravens' point, I mean, I don't know. Do they really need Lamar Jackson against the Falcons this week? I, Desmond Ritter was fine. I think the choice to go to Desmond Ritter was the right call. No matter if the Falcons were in the NFC South divisional race or not, they were not a competent team. And I think you want to assess what you have in your rookie quarterback. Whether it's a third-rounder or not, I mean, you have decisions to make this offseason in a pivotal draft spot, more than likely. I thought it was a correct call going with Desmond Ritter. I do not like what Arthur Smith offensively is doing. Like, we can play with kid gloves, but do we have to play with this kind of kid gloves? They, like, attempted uh, way less passes than I would hope. Sorry, fruitful passes, right? I know he, he, he threw, like, 30 times, but actually legitimate offensive passes, they were just few and far between. And I love Drake London. I thought he was the best receiver entering this year, and I know uh, Garrett Wilson has played well, and so has Chris Olave during stretches, but you cannot be disappointed at all with having Drake London on your roster. We can do other things. Just because there's no amazing cases and uh, Demir Bird is your receiver, like, we can try to have Desmond Ritter be more effective than that. So I've been disappointed with that stretch. I hope that uh, over the next two or three weeks we get to see more of the dynamic quarterback that we saw in college, but uh, that'll be an interesting offensive scheme. I would anticipate the Ravens handle the Falcons pretty easily because they are playing with kid gloves offensively, and even if it's Tyler Huntley, the Ravens can move the ball just enough to, I think, squeak out a win. Uh, Dallas and Philadelphia this weekend, Joe, is, is going to be a huge matchup, and I know it lost maybe some of the division ramifications because the Cowboys lost the Jags last weekend, but just in terms of a measuring stick game for those two teams, how do you think a matchup like that uh, will affect all these great skill position players that both these teams have used? I mean, you look at the year that A.J. Brown has had uh, for Philadelphia, obviously Jalen Hurts being in the MVP conversation, and then all of Dallas's weapons. Uh, a big game like this, what does it do to those star players? Yeah, Miles Sanders kind of chief among them as well. I have heard differing uh, opinions. So the thought is, uh, all right, Jalen Hurts doesn't play – Gardner Minshew can't possibly run the ball 15 times for the Eagles. Like They'll have to vary their offense. And as a result, those are more opportunities for A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Miles Sanders to do things offensively. And I think the answer is yes. I, mean, I, would be, I think if you're running Gardner Minshew 15 times, you are going to lose your game. Like that, that's not a successful strategy. Whether you're going against the Cowboys or going against the Texans, it doesn't matter. Um, that would not be a good call. Does Gardner Minshew still run? Yes. I think you could still do some of the design runs that they do with Hurts, just not as many. Uh, and I also think it's fair to say while A.J. Brown and Miles Sanders and Dr. Smith will get more opportunities because Hurts is not running, they won't be as good of opportunities because it's not Hurts threatening the defense to possibly run. So it goes both ways. Just because they get more opportunities does not mean they're the better ones. I, don't, I would not be willing to change my projections on Brown or Sanders or Devonta Smith any more than um, when – Jalen Hurts was active or not. Like this, it, it, Those are all must-starts, but they're not going to be better uh, just solely because Jalen Hurts is gone. It doesn't work that way. And I think it takes a lot of a lot of power away from Jalen Hurts uh, as a real legitimate MVP candidate when he's done over the season. On the flip side of things, I think the Eagles continue to pound the ball with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. I know the run defensive woes for the Eagles uh, feel better now that Jordan Davis is back and healthy for them. But that's still the area in which you want to try and attack the Eagles. And the Cowboys are most successful when they're running the ball. It's just that Mike McCarthy gets a little bit away from things. He and, he and Kellen Moore kind of, oh, well, I feel like throwing the ball 45 times. And now the team's already back. That's not good. Let's go back to running the ball. It's too late. We saw that with the Texans. We saw that with the Jaguars the past two weeks. Uh, and that really was, I think, quintessential for Mike McCarthy in his Packer days as well, too. So 
I would imagine, given the stakes for the Cowboys, they will aggressively run the ball, consistently run the ball, and they will win that game, whether it's Gardner Minshew or Jalen Hurts playing. But the Eagles only need one win one of three, so I don't know if the stakes are nearly as high for Philadelphia as they are for Dallas. We're chatting with Joe Bartle here on Sports Call. He's with RotoWire. Follow Joe on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports. This past weekend, did it hurt more to be a Colts fan uh, with the 33 to nothing lead evaporating or to be a Patriots fan to sit there scratching your head as to <laughs> how in the hell did you just lose that game against the Raiders? I guess it depends on which fandom you dislike more. Uh, <laughs> I, I have zero tears shed for Patriots fans. Oh, boo-hoo. Um, you staked your claim to Mac Jones. You thought he was uh, the second coming last year. This is the piper that you're paying at the moment because that team is not very good. Mac Jones looks like a whiny baby on the sidelines, which I kind of enjoy. Uh, and to be <laughs> So fair, do Auburn fans, Joe. I think yeah. you're speaking right to us with the former <laughs> okay. Alabama quarterback. Yes, exactly. And I didn't. When you have Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinators, I would whine too. I'm not sure. I'm like, I'm not chastising Matt Jones for the actions he's making, but it sure gives an appearance. I don't mind that he's appearing <laughs> that way. So yeah, no, I have uh, zero tears shed for the Patriots whatsoever. To be honest, though, like whether I don't want the Patriots in the playoffs, I don't want the Jets in the playoffs either. None of those teams are doing anything or going to win any games. They're not really fun. Uh, they're well coached at times. I know the gaff from Jacoby Myers aside, that's that's like the one feather in the cap that you put for the Patriots is well-coached, entertaining to you? No, it's, I think it'll be bad. I want the Chargers in the playoffs because, for better or worse, something crazy is going to happen. Uh, and I think it, you can see an ascension from Justin Herbert if all things work out that way. So I've been rooting for that narrative more so. I do feel bad for Colts fans. I think they've been put through the ringer, um, getting embarrassed by not using Jonathan Taylor very much, firing the offensive coordinator, then Frank Reich, and hiring a guy with zero coaching experience, having Jim Irsay have that just bewildering uh, post-interview of hiring Jeff Saturday, which uh, I, you know, I, I think they have won. The Colts fans have went through a lot, and to now add worst of all time in history books, whatever it might be, in a negative way, that's that's tough. So I feel bad for the Colts. All right, let's take a look at some of these games also coming up this weekend. The Giants and the Vikings, super interesting to me from a fantasy perspective. Who should we start? Who should we be aware of? And, and then just outright football perspective, what do you think of this matchup, Giants and Vikings? Yeah, so to be clear, I'm I'm not interested in this game at all. Uh, I don't think the Vikings are good, nor do I think the Giants are very good. So it's like a eh, whatever. However, this is the second highest over/under on the Week 16 slate. How about in that? large part because this weather is insane. This is going to be a dome game in Minnesota, so there there should be offense. I actually think overall this week we're going to have tempered offensive games, weather matchups. Uh, you know, a lot of those criteria playing in. But I don't think you can really get by with that if you are the Vikings or Giants. So Justin Jefferson's going to continue to be dominant. Um, the, the Giants secondary has been beat up all year long. Noah Dory Jackson, stuff like that. So Jefferson's going to play his part. It's if Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne uh, continue to be good. Osborne, if you recall, had the ten plus catches, a hundred plus yards against the Colts this past week. Really had a career game. I I just cannot re- rely on Osborne again. Like the circumstances to get to that point where you're down thirty three points and having to pass as frequently as the Vikings were, just seemed far-fetched. Um, and then on the flip side of things, Saquon Barkley, Darius Slayton, both I think are very obvious starts. And, and people might not believe Darius Slayton is that same uh, same vein, but the Giants have to pass the ball to somebody. Uh, it can't just be running the ball. It can't just be trying to win a game playing 40 off at the snaps. It doesn't work like that in the year 2022, uh, which is part of why they have skidded the way they have for the Commanders this week or past week. Yeah, so I, I think all the key players are going to be obvious starts. 
it's the K.J. Osborne and the Adam Fields that maybe you could roll a dice and say, I'm not positive. But Kirk Cousins, easily a top-12 play this week. I think Daniel Jones, given the Vikings' defensive woes, could also be a popular Jalen Hurts villain uh, if you're really kind of stretching okay. to that. Joe Bartle's here with us once again. Not only can Rotowire help you in the fantasy football world, they're helpful in basketball. Then we know what Christmas Day has meant over the years for all the great basketball matchups that will be there. Uh, fantasy basketball off and running, and Rotowire can help you dominate your fantasy league. Uh, we know you also absolutely adore your Milwaukee Bucks. What a fun Christmas Day matchup we've got between the Bucks and the Celtics. Both teams with 22 wins on the year most in the NBA. Tell me a little bit about this matchup on Christmas Day. Yeah, I'll be really curious. The Bucks have played on Christmas Day uh, in years past, and at times they have just phoned it in, um, not really cared. And I think over the last two years, as they've wanted to solidify or cement their championship aspirations and status within the league, they've taken that game pretty seriously. And I think they need to take it seriously against the Celtics as well, too, who should be doing the same type of thing after their NBA Finals run last year. I, I don't know if it's like a, oh, this is exactly what we're going to get in the playoffs. Obviously, People are projecting the Celtics and Bucks to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals at some point later this year. But I do, I do think the gloves are going to be off a little bit. I mean, this is a marquee matchup. A lot of people are going to be watching this game, relatively speaking, to other national games. And this is, this is a marquee slate for a reason. And these two teams are one of the best in the league. I, I actually I think you could, you could waffle, whether it be the Celtics or Bucks, but that is your top two teams in the NBA at the moment. And the Bucks have done a lot without... Uh, Chris Milton, who I guess we'll have to see if he is available um, come Christmas Day, and whether or not the guys like Drew Holiday has been in and out of the lineup, stuff like that. Bochamp, their first-round pick, has been kind of an intriguing 3-and-D player already at this stage of his career. So that's great. It's what's going to happen after that I'm more intrigued with. The Celtics have made a lot of moves in the offseason to bolster their depth. I mean, there is not a deeper, better team than the Celtics, which is huge for the course of the regular season. does not matter in the playoffs. And then what do the Bucks do? They've been uh, in on Jay Crowder from the Suns for a while now. Uh, there's Jordan Nawaro, uh, Bochamp, who they could also move, Grayson Allen, where there's, I don't know if you're getting like a, a, a competitive third piece, but there might be a guy out there that uh, really swings the title chances for the Bucks in that case. And I wonder what kind of assets we've got to attach them if that happens. So yeah, I'm excited for this game. Uh, I'm hoping that really it's just a good contest and obviously the Bucks win because. Ooh, we don't want the Celtics to win. That's, That's what sure. you need on Christmas, for sure. Uh, so in the Western <laughs> Conference, the Nuggets, the Suns, the Grizzlies all play Christmas Day games. They all have 19 wins. Denver and Phoenix going head-to-head. Uh, who are some people to be aware of as, uh, as Christmas Day basketball is played in the Western Conference? Yeah, uh, it'll be really interesting to see how those starting lineups for, for each one of those teams really plays out because I think we're hoping for um, – the complete lineups, and and I don't know. Can can we really say complete lineups is a thing for any point of this season? <laughs> it, I'm I'm frustrated with how the NBA operates sometimes in that regard, uh, and we'll have to hope for everything to look the way you'd want it to for a marquee slate. Whereas I feel confident the Celtics Bucks do that. I'm not so certain the Nuggets uh, and Suns do. I'm I'm a little bit wary of the Suns overall. I think there's some I don't want to say chemistry issues, but they just seem to have the wrong type of focus and wrong type of commitment to where you're at in the regular season. We're working on rotations, trying to improve things. And I hear so much chitter-chatter from DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, wrong sport. DeAndre uh, Ayton or Chris Paul or Devin Booker. I, I, the West is, I think, uh, less strong than it has been in years past. Certainly winnable, but there are teams on the rise, like the Grizzlies. Um, I don't know, not that the Jazz are on the rise per se, but there's a lot of... Uh, 
dweller teams that are doing way better than the Western Conference. And if, and if you are, are kind of just slide by and trying to make adjustments as you go, can you be at the point at the end of the year where you want to be for the Suns? I, we'll see. Um, but, so I, I'm, I'm really curious. And the Nuggets, too, like, I know everyone's kind of dissing uh, Jokic because back-to-back MVPs. And again, it's like people just want to be people want to see successful people fail. Um, he's still one of the best in the league, and getting Jamal Murray and Michael Porter really more involved in the Nuggets as they continue on throughout the season a big reason to whether or not they make an extended run in the Western Conference. What do we need to know about RotoWire's coverage of the NBA, Joe? What can you tell us? Yeah, I mean we got uh, gambling recaps every single day of the week right now. It's been kind of a awesome. huge focus for us talking about different player props and guys to roll for. We have a lot more of advanced data. You can even go to the referee page on uh, NBA or our RotoWire NBA site, uh, which was added over the course of the season thus far, and I think that's helpful too. So a lot more focus on that, um, and even from a season-long basketball. You're so in depth that you're breaking down the referees. Yeah, yes, yes. No, seriously. We, that's been a, a huge user question, and I get it from the NBA. So Remarkable. Hey, we got the data. We're, we're there for it, too. So a lot of different things on RotoWare to talk about and look over, whether it be NBA, NFL, hey, MLB. We, we got you covered on the Korean news right away, too. Uh, Braves country's not happy off. about that, Joe. They're not. The, the Braves are not happy that Korea, I guess they're going to the Mets. I was going to say, I don't know. The Mets are the Mets, right? I think you guys are a far more built and competitive team every single year. And heartbroken over Dansby Swanson, Joe. I mean, this is shortstops aren't aren't doing us any good in Braves country. Yeah, you'll you'll get some international guy who's twenty one years old and sign up to a forty five year deal and for ten ten dollars a day and he'll be fine. I think he'll be good. Oh, Actually, man. I think I literally think there's like a sixteen year old in, there is. in Venezuela. <laughs> Venezuela, yeah, sixteen year old in Venezuela that the Braves they're are set up. They're right playing now. the long game. That's what Atlanta does. This is great. Well, Joe, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks again for joining us on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys, and uh, happy holidays. Hey, also, listeners, stay safe. I know. We're all getting hit with this winter weather blast here. Drive safe. Uh, get warm as best you can. We'll get through this in the new year, new day. Perfect. Thank you so much, Joe. Talk again next week. All right. Sounds all good right. to you. That's uh, Joe Bartle joining us there on the program. Great insight, as always, from our guy Joe. Follow him on Twitter, at JB Fantasy Sports. One more commercial break to go here on the program today. We wrap up Sports Call right after this. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Ryan LeVoy, and Cam Barry. Our thanks again to Joe Bartle for joining us there on the show. Uh, again, no NFL teams have bye weeks anymore. We're trying to get ready for the playoffs. So you've got one game on Thursday, tomorrow, Jaguars and Jets, fun one. Uh, then you've got a bunch of games on Christmas Eve, on Saturday, Three games to be played on Sunday, and then one Monday night football game. So uh, we're going to have a bunch of NFL games on Saturday this weekend, uh, and then just a few coming your way on Sunday. And, of course, the Falcons can be heard here on Saturday on Tiger 95.9 FM. But a lot of Saturday football at the NFL level. 
yeah, going to be different, but I'm, I'm excited for some Saturday football. I'm probably going to sit and watch Saturday football all day um, at my parents' <laughs> house. So I will just be big chilling. Um, excited to watch the Falcons and the Ravens. We'll see how that game turns out. I don't know. Especially if Lamar doesn't yeah, play, especially man. like if Lamar doesn't play. Whole different game. I, it is a whole different game. I don't fully agree that they'll just be able to handle us. They put up three points against the Cleveland Browns on the other week, so it wasn't that easy. Yeah. Um, and our defense isn't that terrible. It's not <laughs> great, but it's not that bad. Um, so, yeah, should should be an interesting game uh, if Lamar doesn't play. If Lamar plays, then, yeah, that's like a – 20 30 point loss so tom we do have auburn basketball tonight uh, yeah. against washington you can watch the game on the pac-12 network and uh, radio coverage at eight on yep. fm talk 93.9 with tip off 7 30 pregame show yeah and, uh you know looking for trying to bounce back trying to bounce back looking for those improvements and uh you know that's what we discussed when we did our whole uh green light yellow light red light and uh all of us were yellow with this team i was yellow kind of leaning towards red just because of some things i've seen i wanted to mention this and i'll get a chance now one of the reasons that i'm like kind of inched towards that red on this team is the shooting woes are the same shooting woes that we saw last year especially towards the end of the season that really kind of cost them down the stretch now you're still seeing that carryover that makes me worry that they just can't shoot the ball it's not like they're struggling and they're just cold right now. It's just they can't shoot. They don't have shooters. So that worries me. That's why I lean towards that red side of the yellow. But you'll look for the improvement. Cut down on the turnovers. You're not going to win many games if you're turning it over 23 times. So you got to do that. Uh, we need to see the defense step back up and get to that level that we're used to seeing them playing. Start knocking down some shots. Uh, I mean, they're favored by three. They should be able to win this game. I, I think talent-wise, they're better than Washington, but They've got to play against them like they have the better talent. Washington plays the same zone that Syracuse plays with Jim Beheim. Uh, Mike Hopkins is the Washington head coach who's a longtime assistant for Jim Beheim with Syracuse. So Auburn will be facing a zone all Ooh. night tonight. And, of course, even when Auburn was uh, really rolling offensively, some teams would go to zone and try and slow them, up, slow them down where they couldn't get in transition, couldn't shoot quickly. And so this team's going to have to move the ball tonight against yep. Washington. That's how you beat a zone. You get in the middle and you go from there. And so they're going to have to think quickly. They're going to have to pass. Sounds like it could be a and, good game for Jalen Williams again. And uh, they're, I mean, they're going to need to – they're ultimately going to have some open looks from the perimeter. That's what the zone allows from time to time. You're going to have to hit those. And, again, just have to be very intentional, take care of the ball. Uh, you know, usually when you have a zone like that, you stick someone very long and lanky up top, trying to get deflections and steals. So uh, Auburn's just have to be very intentional with how they move the ball tonight, and be very patient, and uh, keep looking for better and better shots. Like we said, Auburn is favored by about four or five points tonight against Washington. Just a second ago, guys, we saw our uh, our worst betting point swing in nine years, Iowa has been defeated by Eastern Illinois today. Oh, did you see that? Iowa was favored by 32 points. Goodness. Oof. And lost by nine. So a 41-point swing from what was expected Auburn to Auburn will not result. lose by 37 or more, nor will they win by 45 <laughs> or more. 
<laughs> I promise. So you. that that record's Neither gonna one. be good yeah. for a little bit. Much Jeez. closer game than. Oh, that's awesome. That's good stuff. Um, our TV guide always brought to you by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Get Pac-12 Network tonight for Auburn basketball. Other basketball matchups available on ESPN a little bit later this evening. Fellas, good to see you. Cam, we'll see you soon. Yes. Ryan, we'll see you soon as well. See you, brother. Uh, and Tom, we'll see you uh, after the Christmas holiday it, as well. It will be. And so uh, for all the listeners out there, this is my last time since uh, before Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you all. And uh, be safe out there as the weather gets cold. Yeah. And to all a good night, as old St. Nick once said. There you go. We've come to the red light of this program. <laughs> we have come to the red light <laughs> of Sports Call today. That'd be the episode title today. There red, you go. red light, green light, traffic lights. I don't know. Uh, for Tom Peavy, Ryan the Boy, and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.